Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy 2022 to all of you. I can't believe it's already 2022. You've got to start working on the muscle memory of stop writing 2021 and start writing 2022. Inevitably, you'll probably put 2021 on a very important document and then you'll have to, I don't know, anyways. But we're excited for the new year. Um, you know, it's, New Year's are, are wonderful. I, I, I love the newness of God. He is faithful to give us a new day every 24 hours, a new week, a new month, and a new year. And I'm grateful for what God has in store for you and for me this year as we come into uh, yet another uh, opportunity uh, to live our lives purposely for God. Just by a show of hands, you know, in, and you, know, you can join in online as well, but uh, how many of you were, were diligent and brave and made it all the way to midnight on New Year's? Okay, now just a handful of you. It was a little bit better, a little bit better showing in the first service, um, obviously because they were here and you guys all slept in. So, um, but uh, yeah, in our house we've just we've we've come to the place of just embracing the fact that we're old, and staying up that late is not going to be a good decision for us. We usually pay for it for a few days, so we we just kind of had a nice quiet quiet night. The kids were out hanging out with their friends. Thank you, Grant, for taking our youth and and keeping them occupied so that Gretchen and I could go to bed early. It was, it was wonderful. So we were grateful for that little gift. But as we begin the year, as we begin 2022, it is a year that we naturally look forward. You know, we, we tend to look at the, the new and the, the, the goals and the resolutions and all the things that we want to put in place to see amazing things happen in the new, new year. But it's also important, as we talked about last week, to regularly reflect on what God has done in our lives and through our lives. And as we discussed last week, our willingness to remember and celebrate what God has done in the past will give us a greater ability to believe for more, for what God is desiring to do this year, for greater, for a greater move of the Spirit, for a greater move of God's presence in our lives and in our families, in our communities, our workplaces, our schools. And so we are excited for what God has for us in the future. But here's my question for you. What are you believing for in 2022? What are you believing for this year that is different from, from last year? What are you excited about? What, what gives you optimism as you look at this new year? You know, for us as a church community, we want to start the year right. And so, as Grant had shared, we are uh, kicking things off with a week of prayer. And our great desire would be that you would come and, and join us for intentional prayer time as we greet this new year. So we'll be here tonight at 6 p.m. and uh, through Friday, uh, 6 to 7 p.m. each night, uh, praying and believing for what God is desiring to do in this new year. And we invite you to be a part of that. But I also want to call our church community to a 21-day prayer and fast. You know, prayer and fasting is one of those things that we often tend to come to in a reactive type of way. Oh, something's going on in my life and I should pray. You know, things aren't going quite the way that I hoped they would, so I should start praying. Or I'm really, really wanting to get this new job or this promotion, and so I'm going to fast and I'm going to believe because I want God to move in this way in my life. But it's all about how we begin each day. Each week, each month, each year, 
It's all about how we begin. And we have a new opportunity to begin the right way this year. The author Alan Cohen said, Do not wait until the conditions are perfect to begin. Beginning makes the conditions perfect. It's a great thought when we really understand that God is not waiting for the, the perfect timing to, to move and, and, and bring breakthrough in your life. He's desiring to do that each and every day. It's whether or not we're willing to step into belief that He can do what He's promised to do. You know, the reality is the new year naturally brings new goals and new resolutions for each and every one of us. I don't know if you're a goal setter or you know, a resolution person. You know, when I was working with a school for a number of years, we asked teachers to, to you know, come up with smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, uh, what was the R? Relevant, yeah, and then time sensitive. We can, we can come up with great goals for the, the new year and what we want to accomplish and the things that we want to invest ourselves in, but the reality is anytime we come to a new year, we naturally begin to evaluate the good and the past, the bad of the past year. You know, we, we oftentimes look forward to the new year based on what happened in the, in, in the last year. And if I'm honest, I tend to focus more on the negative elements. The areas where maybe I didn't accomplish what I wanted to, to accomplish. I, I didn't reach a goal. I didn't do the things that I wanted to do. Or, or maybe there was things I wanted to change in my life that I didn't. Need to get in better shape. Need to be more active. Right? I'm going to... You know, I want I to start using a quarter stick of butter instead of a half stick of butter on my popcorn because that's probably just not healthy. Although I do just go right to the line and then to the left, so it's not a full half stick. But you know, we, we all have those things that we wanted to accomplish. Read more books. Spend more time with family and friends. Just take a little quick straw poll. How many of you have already set New Year's resolutions for 2022 or goals for this new year? There's one honest person in the house. Thank you for your honesty. The Lord will reward you. Now, we're all in that mindset of goals and resolutions and things we want to see happen. But the struggle with resolutions is the discipline to see them through. Would you agree? We all have great intentions. We have great desires to see things happen, to accomplish things, to see God show up. And, and, and all too often, we lose sight of them very quickly. You know, I've been threatening to start working out to, to transform this, this dad bod into something more threatening to my boys. They, they like to mess around because they, they think they're Grecian gods and they've got these amazing physiques. And so they don't think that Gretchen and I are, have ever had an athletic or, you know, physical bone in our body. And so, you know, I've been threatening to work out and just get jacked. Everybody laughed at me when I said jacked in the last service. I don't know if that's still a relevant term for that, but chiseled, you know. But I want to get to that place where I can, you know, impose some form of intimidation. You know, the only thing they're intimidated right now is they do actually believe in the old man brute strength. Um, but that doesn't show up unless I'm really, really needed to. But we can often get so set on a perceived need or a reactive goal 
that we lose sight of what God is desiring to do in the big picture of our lives. What He's desiring to do in our families and in our relationships with our friends and in our workplace and in our community. You know, the temptation can be to set goals based on a temporary priorities. We can look at you know, things we wanted to change or things we wanted to fix or things we wanted to do better at and, and, and plan that way. And we can get into the, this kind of short-sighted way of thinking as we come into the new year. Short-sighted goal setting. Focusing only on what's right in front of us. You know, according to a survey done by GoSkills.com, the top 10 New Year's resolutions are, are, are the following. Exercise more. Lose weight. Get organized. Learn a new skill or hobby. Live life to the fullest. I'm not entirely sure how that, that's measured. but Save more money or spend less money. Quit smoking. Spend more time with family and friends. Travel more. And read more. All worthy, worthy ventures. All important things for people to place their time and energy and resources on. And some of these elements are very proactive. They're very, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the ground running this year. And some of them, sadly, are a, a bit more reactive. But have you ever noticed that we live in a society of temporary priorities? I like to call reactive, prescriptive living. We live in a society that looks at all the issues and the problems and says, oh my gosh, we need to do this and we need to do that. And so many times we're focused on some of the symptoms of what we see. We focus on the symptoms surrounding personal and societal challenges instead of focusing on the root causes of what's going on in our lives or the lives of the people around us. And you can t- take any debate under the sun. These things are hotly contested and disagreed upon throughout our country. Health and wellness, you know, we were just in conversation with some friends the other night, and they're like, you should do keto. I'm like, yeah, keto sounds great. Let's see, what can I eat? Well, you can eat meat, vegetables. Can I eat bread? No. Ooh, okay. Uh, can I have pasta? No. Ooh, okay. So, you know, the, there's the keto people, and then there's the, you know, all carbs and no proteins and everything in between, and we could disagree on things as simple as health and wellness. But then there's more hotly debated topics like gun control and policing and all the socioeconomic issues that exist in our country. And if we're, all, if, we're, if we're honest, we've all likely been guilty of these types of goal setting where we kind of look at an issue in our life and we say, well, I need to do this. It's behavior change versus life change, Right? I'm going to eat less. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to start doing that. And we want to change our behaviors thinking it's going to bring about some long-term happiness. When in reality, behavioral changes are just a temporary fix. They just kind of fix things for a certain amount of time until it becomes inconvenient or frustrating or annoying to do those things. No, but we have to come to a point of life change which engages allowing the Spirit of God to change our hearts. Not just the way we think or the way we behave. The psalmist writes in Psalms chapter 51, verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, 
and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. God's desire is that we would allow Him to change our hearts and our minds. That we would be able to live a life fully devoted to Him. And the goal for the coming year should be one of renewed dependence on God. Whatever you prioritize or whatever goal you're setting, whatever is important to you, at the end of the day, it rises on and falls on our dependence on God. Our dependence on His cleansing power to change us, to transform us, His constant presence, His guiding Spirit. It's when we fully devote ourselves to God that we can experience the true joy of the salvation we receive. Because if we receive salvation and then we just move on from there and say, well, okay, my name's in the Lamb's Book of Life and so I'm good to go. I'll just kind of live however I want to live now. Well, then we're going to face heartache. We're going to face destruction. We're going to face difficulty if we don't purpose ourselves to what God is desiring to do. Because here's the reality. When we make the decision to follow Jesus with our whole heart, we commit to a life of when. Not if, but when. When we say yes to Jesus, there are certain things that are not optional. There are certain ways of living and disciplines that we don't just get to go, well, I think I might do that if it seems convenient. When I was a kid and growing up in school, I learned about the if-then statements. You guys remember these? right? If this happens, then this has, if you do this, then this, right? Most of it showed up when they strangely converted math from numbers and figures to words, which didn't make any sense to me. I think geometry can just be thrown out of the, the whole system. Oh, I'm sure there's some value there. I just don't know what it is. But these if-then statements showed up in geometry. They show up in computer pro- programming. I, for whatever reason, my freshman year of high school decided to take a, a computer programming course. I'm gonna, if, I, if I tell you which one it is, I'll probably date myself. It was C++. For those of you who know anything about it. Anyways. But it was very confusing because it was this whole new language and I thought, I don't understand what we're doing here. But they used these if-then statements. They're also known as conditional statements. And these become particularly important when we begin to engage them in our lives. The truth is, if we we, we often tend to live our lives in if-then statements. If I'm hungry, I'll have a snack. Typically, my snacking starts to overtake my hunger and then a dad bod thing happens. But if my kids love me, they'll, they'll clean their rooms. Right? Or if for us, if our, if our cats have truly been delivered from demon possession, then they will stop shredding and destroying our furniture. Gretchen is actively interceding for that deliverance to happen. Or perhaps you find yourself saying something like this, if God blesses me financially, then I'll begin tithing. 
If the church stops doing this or starts doing that, then I will become more committed and involved in what's going on. If, then. But when we read Scripture, if you pay attention to Jesus' words, Jesus' directions were never conditional. They were never conditional statements. He spoke in when statements. Not if. The computer programming website Stack Overflow differentiates these statements this way. They say if if statements control the flow and decide what has to be evaluated next. When statements, or as they call them, case statements, are a function which returns the desired value. Did you hear that? If statements control the flow and decide what has to be evaluated next. So we watch the process and then we evaluate what's going on. It's more reactive. Whereas when statements are a function which returns the desired value. God's when commands in our lives are what will bring about the desired value in our lives. We'll bring, bring the, the desired response to God. Interesting that they've got it figured out even in math and in computer programming and how closely it relates to our lives. Statements like, blessed are you when people insult you. When you give to the needy, don't announce with trumpets. These are when statements. And God's desire is that when we choose to step into relationship with Him, we would understand that there are certain non-negotiables. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be discussing several of these areas of spiritual discipline in detail, but today I want to just cover two. Our text is found in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. If you have your Bibles, you can join me there. If you don't, you can jump on the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile as they say in Britain. Um, and you can follow along with us there, the Version Bible app, and just search events, neighborhood church. But Matthew chapter 5, starting, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward and full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you that you don't just look on 
the natural things. But Father, you see our hearts. And our desire this year is that our hearts would become more in tune with what you are desiring. That we would step into your plan and purpose this year. That we would see 2022 as a new opportunity to draw closer to you. So Father, we ask that you would help us to understand the power and the importance of these when statements, these commands you've given us to prioritize our lives in such a way that our focus would remain on you no matter what we face in life. God, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts today and you'd change us. Father, we thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this passage of Scripture, often, often known as the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spends quite a bit of time teaching his followers the importance of prayer and fasting. And he begins his lesson by saying, when you pray and when you fast. Notice these are not if statements, but instead they're when commands. These are, these are actions that Jesus assumes his followers will do. When you pray, it's an assumption, right? If you follow Jesus, pray. If you follow Jesus, then you'll fast. So it's when you do these things. This, this Greek word that is used in this passage of Scripture for when is the word hotan, which means used of things which one will assume will really occur. Used of things which one assume will really occur. So the assumption here is not, well, if it's convenient, if it works into your schedule, if it's not too much trouble, do these things. No, it's when you do these things, because I know you're going to do them, do them this way. And Jesus teaches in length how we're instructed to pray. When you pray, pray with humility. Come before the Lord humbly. Prayer is not to be done or celebrated by others. Oh my gosh, you are the best prayer I've ever met. No, we shouldn't pray to receive applause. And that was, oh my gosh, that just... Jesus says, wordy isn't better. Right? He says, "Don't, don't babble on like the pagans do using all these words, you know. Don't use big words to to impress people. Of course, those of us who've been given the gift of gab take a little bit of exception here. So I always kind of went by the the mentality of why use seven words when 54 of them will do. But Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. He He gives us a gift of a perfect prayer. And what do we see in the Lord's Prayer? It's this balance of an interest in God's glory and our own needs. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We glorify God first. And then what do we do? Give us today our daily bread. Give us the things that we need. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those debtors. We forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then what do we do again? 
For thine is the glory and the power forever and ever. Jesus teaches us how to pray. Not losing sight of the important aspects of who He is and who He's created us to be. And verse 6, earlier on in that passage, shows us the value of spending time alone with God. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. The assumption is you will spend time in personal prayer. You will spend time quiet with alone with God. It's not just, oh, I'll pray during meals or I'll pray when I come to church because it seems like a good thing to do. No, this time spent in personal, intentional time in prayer allows us not just to know God, but to be known by God. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He also teaches us the value of fasting as a spiritual discipline whereby we deny ourselves so we can rely on and more fully trust in God. We deny something in our physical being so that we can become more in tune with God's desire for our spiritual being. You know, while every one of us is called to fasting, right? The Bible says, when you fast, not every one of us can fast from food. It's not healthy for some people to fast from food. Now, it's probably healthy for all of us not to indulge fast food, but that's a different conversation altogether. But sometimes our health or our age can limit our ability to fast food. Fast food. But we can all fast something. When we fast, we're actively and intentionally removing something from our life to create space for an increased reliance on God. You're stripping something away so there's more space to invite God's presence and purpose into your life. And fasting, just like prayer, is an act of humility. What does it say in verse 16? When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Here's the deal. When we fast, you shouldn't be walking around telling me, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, Dan, Pastor Dan asked me to do this fast. This is brutal. I can't even tell you. I've given up all vegetables. It's been really, really hard. It's super challenging. No, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be like, oh, you know, this is just so hard. And, you know, it's like drawing attention to this decision to fast or, or desiring to document your, your spiritual hunger strike you know, on social media. I'm on day seven. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Three, two more weeks. Uh, it's not, that's not the point. We're not called to broadcast these spiritual disciplines. These are for us and God. Stripping things away. And whether it's food or, or TV or social media, hello? Maybe something as simple as listening to the radio or listening to music in the car. I remember years ago, 
I was in a place where I just felt like the, 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 the noise of life was just kind of overtaking my life. It wasn't like I was doing anything bad. There was just a lot of noise. And I would always listen to music when I was in the car. I wasn't listening to, you know, the bad stuff. I, you know, I wasn't listening to worship music. But there was always something going on. There was always something sensory happening in my life. And I remember I made the decision to take, to, to take a 30-day fast from listening to music in the car. It seemed like something simple, right? And so it wasn't like I had this, you know, 100-mile commute or something like that. I was driving to work, driving here, driving there. But I made an intentional decision to not turn on music. And at first, it was, a, it was pretty hard. It was, it was difficult. It was like, gosh, I, I feel like I need something going on in my, my, my mind. And then after a couple days, there was this amazing closeness I felt to God, just this communion with God where I felt like there was a deeper sense of relationship and, and God's presence, and I felt like I was having more communication intentionally with God. And that it wasn't just, God, I need this and this and this and this and this, but it was, God, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. I'm scared. God, I'm excited about this new opportunity. Father, be with me in this meeting conversation with so-and-so and there was more of an active conversation and relationship that took place in the simple act of setting aside music in the car just devoting myself to time with God over the next three weeks what would you be willing to remove from your life in order to fill that space with time spent in the presence of God doesn't mean that you have to go into you know, some prayer room, but intentional time set aside to be in the presence of God, to, to be in conversation with God, to believe for something greater. Because regular prayer and fasting are active elements of a life fully devoted to God. Did you hear that? Regular prayer and fasting and even other elements of spiritual discipline are active elements of a life that is devoted fully to God. When you make the decision to follow Jesus, there should be an action that accompanies it. Right? It's not just praying a prayer and, oh, my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm good. Let's just move on. I'll just do whatever I want now. No, there should be a, an active lifestyle that is devoted first and foremost to God. The spiritual disciplines that you live out when no one is looking activate a deep commitment to God. It's when nobody expects that you'd be doing anything. That's the moments that activate that depth of relationship. Those are the rich moments of spiritual connection with a God who is so loving that He would send His Son to die and be resurrected so we could have life. You know, we often live our Christianity out when we come to church or a life group or another area of our lives where we feel compelled right, to reflect Jesus. I'm supposed to act like this when I'm here, so I'll you know, kind of raise the hands or open the Bible or do whatever. You know, the, but the secret to a, a fully devoted life to God is to live out your faith in the quiet personal moments of your day. 
That's a secret to, to true connection with God. And in the morning when you wake up or at night when you go to bed, do you have those moments with God? The time spent preparing for the day, those moments before or after a meeting at work. For the students, the, the time in between classes at your locker where you're kind of moving from here to there and you have that moment. Are you in conversation with God? The time in the car running from one errand to the next. The time you sit down for dinner. When you spend time at the gym or working out at home. The truth is we're, we're constantly connected to something. Right? You don't have to go very far to see people glued to their, their cell phones. Right? You get in an elevator, everybody's glued to their screen. You don't see people's eyes anymore. People walking down the street like this. You're like, you're going to run into something here at some point. Social media, TV, even in our workouts, we've got earbuds in and tuning out all the noise. But regular prayer and fasting be, become those, those moments in the midst of busyness that you intentionally set aside to be in relationship with God. Because all of us are busy, and we make ourselves busy, and we keep ourselves busy, and we keep ourselves enthralled with all different kinds of sensory things. But intentional means purposed. When you intentionally set aside time to be in relationship with God, it has to be purposeful. It's not prescriptive or reactive. Oh, you know, I'm in crisis, so I'm going to start praying. Oh, things aren't going well, so I should probably really start interceding. I need this or I want that, so I'm going to fast and believe God can show up and do it. But no, these are active components of our daily living. It's not following a crisis, but before you find yourself in one, are you prayed up so that when you face difficulty, you can overcome it? because of the power and the presence of God? Or does it just wreck you because you forgot that living with God is a daily journey? Active, disciplined spiritual growth does not happen automatically. It doesn't happen by accident. It takes discipline. What does that word mean, discipline? To train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. Train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control. You have to be disciplined. You have to be willing to form the right habits. And it takes a decision-making process. Because purposeful living takes saying no to good things in order to say yes to the best thing. It's the Mary Martha principle, Right? We all tend to take sides. You know, some of you think you're amazing little Marys that sit at Jesus' feet, and others of us go, No, I am busy with a lot of stuff. But in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. 
You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. Few things are needed. In fact, only one. Being alone with God. Taking that time and devoted attention to what God is desiring to do. The truth is, as you press into the intentional moments spent in God's presence, your faith and your commitment to following Jesus with your whole heart will naturally grow and be strengthened. When you spend time in the presence of God, your faith will be strengthened. When you spend time in purposeful prayer, you will believe for greater things. When you spend time reading the Word, the promises of God will be activated in your heart and in your life where you'll go, you know what? I'm believing for more because I see it in here. I know that God is faithful to His promises. Because our personal devotion to God privately will always become evident in the way that we live publicly. Did you hear that? Our personal devotion to God privately will always be evident in the way that we live publicly. So what if we daily allow Jesus to speak personalize that Mary Martha principle in our lives? What if we daily put ourselves in that place of allowing Jesus to challenge us? Can you imagine what would would happen if we began to allow the Spirit of God to make the needed heart changes in each and every moment of our days? When we were facing something difficult and we were feeling uncertain or worried and we allowed the Spirit of God to change our heart to say, no, I, I, I got you. I'm going to take care of this. I'm with you. You know, as I come into this new year, I, I want to hear Jesus say to me what He said to Martha. When I get to that place where I'm distracted or I'm confused or I'm frustrated or I'm worried, Jesus to say, Dan, Dan, you, you're worried and concerned about many things but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Focus on what is better, and it will not be taken from you. Can that be our prayer? God, I'm focused on you. I'm giving this time to you. I'm devoted to what you are desiring for my life. And what is the promise? It will not be taken from you. What could that look like? Intentional time spent in personal communication with God. Daily setting aside time. Moment by moment being tuned into what the Spirit of God might be doing. Intentional time spent with God. Personal communication. Dedicated time every day reading the Bible. Spending time in the Word. Vacation. Why is it that we go on vacation? We often come back and we need a vacation from our vacation. Have you ever noticed that? We busy ourselves so much when we go away to to rest and retreat that we come back more tired than we we left. That's not that was not God's design for rest. That was not his design for 
for retreat. That was not his design for Sabbath. Hey, get yourself busier than you were the other six days of the week on the Sabbath, and that way you'll feel rested the next day. No. Keep the Sabbath holy. Allow yourself to rest, recharge, and just be in my presence. You know, over the coming weeks, we're going to be unpacking some of the spiritual disciplines that will enable us to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And as we grow in our relationship with Him, we will better understand His plan and purpose for our lives. Where He's taking us in the new year. What He's desiring to do in and through you. And our desire at Neighborhood Church is to provide resources and environments within which you may grow deeper in your faith. You know, we've got our, our little vision wall out there and you see neighborhood church and you see love grow, be. And we're desiring to, to be in that place of loving God, loving people, growing in our understanding and our, you know, of what God is desiring to do in, in and through our lives. And we want to be the neighborhood. We want to be in service to our community and reaching outside of the four walls of the church. And people often ask, you know, how are we doing with that? And I've looked at it over the last couple of years and I feel like we're doing a great job of creating environments where people can feel connected and engage community and relationship. We're, we're loving God and, and I think we're doing a, a decent job of loving people. Can we always do better? Yeah. But then I look at, it, at what we're doing in our community, reaching out and connecting with schools and, and blessing families through those connections and reaching out and partnering with organizations within our community and missionaries and organizations around the world and, and seeing the, the gospel taken outside the walls of the church, we're, we're doing a great job of being those that would reach. But as I found myself praying and believing for what God was desiring for our church and for each and every one of you, of you this year, I, I couldn't help but feel that the Spirit of God was saying, I, I want you to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to know me better. I want to see your, your roots grow deep so that no matter what happens in life, you're not blown. You're not shaken. And so this year, our desire is to grow. And our knowledge and our understanding of who Jesus is, but also His plan and His purpose for our lives. Grow in our ability to believe for greater. Grow in our ability to pray the way. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So we're starting, starting off asking God to show up in 2022. We're spending a, a, a week in concerted prayer as a, as a church family and we invite you to come out 6 o'clock every night this week as we believe and agree for what God is desiring to do in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community. But I'm also calling our church community to a 21-day prayer and fast. Because I believe that God has greater for you. Why do, we get, why, do, why do we get okay with status quo Christianity? Why do we come to church and we go, well, this is okay, this is pretty good. As long as the wheels of life don't fall off and I can go to church every week and you know, nobody infringes on my life too much, It'll be great. And we just kind of get okay. And we stop believing for more. We stop believing for greater. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life to the full. What does full life look like for you? 
Have you thought about that? Have you prayed about that? So as we go into this year, our desire is to come alongside of each and every one of you in an effort to help you to grow. So as we do this 21-day prayer and fast, remove something so that you can spend time in the presence of God. We've also purchased life journals this year. We've done this a few years in the past. Uh, but these life journals are for you to take. Uh, they are free of charge. And we'll have them out in the, the lobby as you leave today. If you're tuning in with us online and you'd like a life journal, please just email us and we'd be happy to, to mail or drop it by for you. But these life journals are a powerful tool to really truly bring your personal time with God alive. As you spend time reading the Bible and journaling. And if you've not done that or you're new to reading the Bible, I would encourage you, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. These, these journals have a cool little Bible reading guide for you. And if you aren't wanting to try and dive into the whole thing, there's a, an abbreviated reading guide. But these will give you the ability to read through the Bible in a year. And if you want to jump on that journey with me, uh, we can hold each other accountable. You can come and ask me, Dan, did you, did you read through every, every day this week? But there's also space for you to journal as you pray and you spend time in the Word of God and you begin to think about what God is desiring to speak through. You can journal. And there's a, a format, the SOAP format, scripture, scripture Observation Application and Prayer where you can begin to actively spend time in the Word of God. So we want to make those available to you. Beginning in February, we're going to begin providing discipleship and spiritual growth environments uh, in a midweek format. You know, as we went through the last couple of years, we had to scale things back a little bit, but we're going to be diving back into some active discipleship environments where you can go grow deeper in your faith. And so we want to invite you to come and be a part of those environments where we're not just walking through a message on Sunday, but we're having active conversation and challenging and encouraging one another. And we'll have those for kids and for youth and for adults. And then our desire is to relaunch our life groups, small groups, community and relationship outside the church where you can come together over a meal or just some fellowship and something, a hobby you enjoy doing. But with life groups, we need hosts. We need leaders and facilitators to help us fulfill those life groups. It doesn't do us any good to relaunch life groups. Some life groups are still meeting, but to relaunch some of these life groups, we need people to say, yes, I'll open my home, or, or yes, I'll lead that group, or facilitate a conversation. Because we want to invite people who are not in a life group into those relationships and that space. But we need your help. This is the year that we believe God is calling us to grow deeper in our faith. Deeper in our knowledge and our understanding of God, His plan for our lives. Deeper in our pursuit of healthy relationships and community. Deeper in our, in our commitment to what God is desiring to do at Neighborhood Church. If you're coming and you're enjoying what God is doing in the ministry of Neighborhood Church, get involved. We can't, we can't do ministry at, at Neighborhood Church sustainably without your help. You have gifts. You have passions. Or are you just sitting on the sidelines waiting? The truth is we have wonderful kids' ministry that goes on 
But I'm telling you, Gail needs people's help. She needs people who love to hold babies and love to hang out with kids and love to get down and, and spend time with them and love to be able to share a Bible story because we have kids who need to hear the Gospel. And we can't be chasing, trying to find people to fill spaces of ministry. Grant has an amazing youth ministry going on. We need people to speak into our students, into our next generation. Because they're getting messages from all over the place. And they're confused. And they're searching for truth. Would you help us? We need to grow deeper in our prayer for and our service to our community, to the city of Albany, what God is desiring to do in our, in our city. So here's a, a few questions to ask yourself as we start this year. Am I worshiping God behind closed doors? Am I reaching the lost? Do I have a, a heart for, for people who don't know Jesus? Or do I just kind of go through the grocery store just trying to get my stuff and get out of there? Am I loving people? Who am I praying for? Do you have a list of people that you're actively praying for? I have a list of all the people that attend our church. And I pray for you daily. By name. Because I believe that God has something incredible in store for us. We have to choose to make a decision to prioritize that time. So who are you praying for? And what is God teaching you? What is God teaching me? Ask yourself these questions. Because if we truly engage the questions, they'll cause us to think. They'll cause us to pause. They'll cause us to stop. Because the truth is, it's up to each and every one of us to make the intentional decision to grow in our walk with Jesus. So where do you want to grow this year? Author by the name of Anne Graham Lotz, she wrote the book, The Magnificent Obsession, says this, Sometimes when I open the Bible to read, a verse leaps off the page and I know God is speaking to me. Sometimes I read and nothing seems to be illuminated. Sometimes I pray and have the keen sense that He is listening to every word and will answer me. Sometimes when I pray, I have no awareness that He's anywhere around. Sometimes when I go to church or draw aside for some quiet reflection, I have the overwhelming sense that Jesus is right beside me. At other times in the exact same settings, I have no conscious awareness of His presence at all. And I know by each experience, as I read my Bible and pray and work and worship, that He is teaching me to live by faith, not my feelings. He's teaching us to live by faith. Because you're going to have days where you're going to be on top of the mountain. You're going to have days when you're going to be down in the valley. You're going to have days where you're just getting blown this way and that way. And if we merely live by our feelings, man, it's going to be a rough 2022. But if we can begin to invite God into the, the spaces of our life, if we begin to strip things away and purpose the presence of God, our faith is going to grow. 
our faith is going to become huge. God is not limited by His ability. He's limited by our faith. It's not Him, it's us. So what are you believing for in 2022? Would you stand to your feet this morning as we close? Father, we love You. And that we know that you are, you are teaching us to live by faith. You're, you're asking us to trust You. And too often we allow too many things into our lives to cloud our judgment or to, to take away our ability to believe for what You're desiring to do. So this year we choose to quiet those things. We choose to make space to pray fast and believe for what, we, what You would desire. And we, God, we ask as we strip those things away, as we quiet the noise of life, we begin to open ourselves to Your Spirit. Father, we pray that You'd speak to our hearts. That You'd transform us. That You'd cleanse us. That You'd renew our minds. So that we can keep our focus fixed on You. So that we'd see the world through Your eyes. So that we would desire to share Your love with those who are lost. God, we thank You that we don't have to live this life in our own power. We don't have to do this alone. But Father, You are with us in every moment, of every day, of every week, of every month of this year. Your presence goes with us. Father, we thank You. And no matter what we face, no matter what we see, we can still see and sense Your presence. So help us, Father. Give us the ability to say no to some good things, to say yes to the best thing. Spending time in your presence. God, we love you. Perhaps in this moment today, you find yourself in that place of saying, man, this, this all sounds great. You know, I want to have a great 2022. I want to live a life with purpose, but I don't know what that looks like. I've not made that decision to follow Jesus with my whole heart and to be honest I don't even know how our desire is to give you that opportunity to partner with you in that decision knowing that each and every one of us has the ability to make a decision to follow Jesus and so today we want to pray a prayer and it's a simple prayer but the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved it's that simple. A step out of a life of confusion and chaos to a life of pur purpose, understanding, enjoying the presence of God. So if that's you this morning, we don't want a show of hands. We don't need to embarrass you or single you out. Our desire would be to say this prayer with you and invite you to make a decision to confess your need of Jesus. So can we say this prayer together? Say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to show me how to live. And He died and was raised back to life. 
so I could have relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's the greatest decision you can make in, in your life to follow Jesus, to say yes to God. And if you've made that decision, we want to hear from you today. If you want to email us at info at albanync.org, you can touch base with one of our prayer partners. We'd love to take that next step with you, get you a Bible, get you a life journal, help you as you begin this journey of relationship with God. But church, here's the deal. We have a decision to make. 2022 is going to happen, just so you know. But we have a decision on how we can embrace this new year, how we can entrust this new year to God, how we can partner with Him and what He's desiring to do in and through our lives. But we have to make an intentional decision. So we invite you into that journey. We have some life journals for you as you walk out the door today. Those are free. We'd ask you to take them and, and, and use them. Um, if you need a Bible, we have Bibles available. We're going to be here tonight at 6 p.m. Um, and every night this week from 6 to 7, believing for great things in 2022. So we invite you to come and be a part. And we, uh, we ask that you just continue to believe with us for what God is desiring to do. God bless you today. We'll see you tonight. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Go be the neighborhood.